Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Superhero Finder. I, as always, am Matt Wilson and I'm searching the cosmos, which is very clearly behind me, for those of you watching on Spotify, um, looking for inspiring stories and motivating guests with the hope that after you've listened to this today, you will take away something to make your day even better or maybe even someone else's day better, which would be absolutely incredible. Now, today, my guest is all the way over in Edmonton in Canada. Um, and I would like to introduce Dr. Alan Leiker. How are you doing, Alan? You know, every day is fantastic, and today's just another fantastic day. Thank you for asking, Matt. You're absolutely welcome. I love that. Just such a simple phrase, and, and believing that every day is fantastic, it can be very, very easy to forget that kind of thing. You know, a lot of it is like attitude, and if you don't have an attitude that you're going to think it's going to be fantastic, then guess what you're going to get? you're going to get a day that has a lot of problems in it. And I like to shape my day. I like to look for the things that are going to be really good. So every day I get up, I thank the good Lord that I'm going to have another good day on this planet, that I'm going to have another day to serve my fellow people, and that I'm going to have, I've been blessed with another day to make a difference in people's lives. Isn't that wonderful? I'm just lapping that up. I don't even I don't even know what to say. That's beautiful. Such power. I always find words so powerful if used correctly. The English language is fantastic, isn't it? As you well know, as other I, languages, I, I, but of I, course I, I don't know many other languages, so I can't I, comment on that. I just wanted to. I, I was once in the United States for three years, and I was always telling them I'm on a three-year mission to teach him the Queen's English. <laughs> <laughs> even I don't know what the Queen's English is. <laughs> so um alan now i know we briefly kind of talked about a subject and the, the the kind of subject that came to mind was adversity and then overcoming challenges and kind of the idea of resilience and carrying on through you know through certain challenges that we can face in life and things that you've certainly been through um would you like to just introduce a little bit about yourself and what you do yeah, why, why don't i go through my story it won't yeah. take long and people won't yet to know me, and then there we can we tell them a little bit about that. Well, I was a leading cosmetic surgeon, and I was leading the pack. I mean, I was in, I started with many of the new things that came out in the late 1980s and 1990s. You know, they invented Botox, they invented fillers, they invented liposuction to be done under local anesthesia. And I was a fast adapter. So I got into all these things and started using them. And when you start using things for the first time, then you start to become a leader because no one's using it properly. So you teach people how to use them properly. You develop your own techniques and you get very good at them. Well, I was at the top of my career. So in 2003, I took my wife and my youngest daughter for a trip to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. You know, not like the commercials say, where are you going to after you win the World Series? I'm going to Disneyland. Well, I went there and I was walking at the end of a hot, sticky day. And my wife turned to me and she was concerned. And she said, what's wrong with you, hon? And I, I said, Dear, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. She said, listen to your foot. And I said, dear, that's the funniest statement you've ever stated. What do you mean, listen to your foot? Well, she looked at me point blank and said, well, listen to it. Well, my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot drop. 
Now, Matt, your brain is designed to lift up your foot with each step it's taking. Well, my foot wasn't doing that. It was flapping on the pavement with each statement, with each step. So my wife said, did you have a stroke? And I said, Garrett, you're a doctor. I'm a doctor. If I had a stroke, I'd probably be lying on the pavement, muttering something unintelligible. Well, then she gave me the ultimatum. She said, when you get back, you better get this checked out. Well, Matt, when your wife tells you that my ultimatum, what do you do? Get it checked out. You get it <laughs> So I started seeing some doctors, which led to them referring me to more doctors and more doctors and more doctors. They did brain scans. They did cat scans. They even did scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day? Nothing. You got it. You're a bright man, man. <laughs> they showed nothing. And the doctors were flabbergasted. They thought I had a brain tumor or, or something like a slip disc or something. And you know what doctors do when they find nothing? Panic. They panic and then they do more tests. And then they do more tests and more tests. I think they even invented tests that didn't even exist back then. But they did tests. And at the end of the day, they still showed nothing. So they got together and they said, okay, let's send him to a neurologist. A neurologist is the brain guy. He's got the answers to all these complex pictures. So they sent me to this world leading authority. And I walked in and I said, hi. And he said, hi back, but you better be sitting down when I tell you this. I, I said, why? I've got a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Get your affairs in order. Because in six months, you're going to be dead. Wow. I was taken in the back. I, I said, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. Oh, I mean, there's matter of a fact, right? And then there's, there's that. Yeah. How, I mean, how did that feel when you got told that? As a yeah. doctor yourself as well, because I can imagine you've got a level of understanding that most people... It, it was like he hit me in the face and I, I got mad. I stomped out i slammed the door and i said i'm not going to die to prove you wrong but you know when you go through this you go through trauma you go through the phases of death and dying that elizabeth kubler ross wrote in her book on death and dying they're angry matt you're angry you're mad you're angry at the world you're i was mad at my wife i was mad at my children i was mad at my staff i was mad at my patients but I couldn't tell them what was wrong because I was told that I was going to die. Yeah. You know, then you go through bargaining, Matt, you go through, Oh God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if you don't let this happen. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think he was listening back then. So then you go through depression, you know, depression is a real bad phase. Have you ever been depressed, Matt? I don't think so. I think I've been close, but I don't think I've actually been depressed. Well, when you go through clinical depression, it's the worst thing in the world. You can't eat. You can't sleep. Everything is black. The world has no meaning. And you can lay in bed all day staring at the ceiling and just being happy with that. Because again, you've been told you're going to die. Why should you do anything? 
you know, and I had seen people die of ALS. It's a terrible disease where people, where it slowly developed, it devours the body. And finally a person ends up gasping for death. Well, I wasn't going to let that happen. I even had a plan to kill myself. But before I did that, I went to my wife and said, dear, what do I have? And she said, I haven't got the faintest idea. I said, dear, I've seen so many doctors. What do I do? She said, perhaps you haven't seen the right doctor yet. Now, back in the early 2000s, something new was invented. It's called the internet. You ever hear of that thing? Possibly. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it tends to be more popular nowadays. It? it is. And that's why we can <laughs> communicate like we are. Absolutely. But the beautiful thing about it is it was primitive back then. You had to use dial-on connections to get there. Your phone would get in a cradle and say, <laughs> for 15 that. minutes. But after it connected, you could get to the other side. Now you had to use a primitive language communicate like DOS because there was no, there was no memory in computers. There certainly was no doctor Google to help you out. You know, it just didn't happen. So you had to find the way. And my nerd friends helped me do that. And they found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz. Now, David had a story very similar to mine, but he got worse much more rapidly than I did. And within weeks, he was on his deathbed. Now, David was so beloved by everybody that doctors from around the world were coming up to say goodbye to David. And a doctor from Texas came. His name was Dr. Harvey. And he looked at David and he said, David, there's something wrong with this picture. I don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. David said, what do I have? The doctor says, I think you have chronic Lyme's disease. I think you've been bitten by a tick. And that disease is mimicking ALS. David said, what do I do? The doctor said, you don't need to do anything. I'm going to start you on treatment. And if I'm right, you'll get better. Now, David said, what have I got to lose? I'm dying. Yeah. So he started him on treatment and a miracle happened. Like Lazarus, he arose from the dead. And within weeks, he was back to normal. So I knew I had to get in touch with David. So mm. I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs. And I met up with him at the Methodist Hospital. And there, I talked to him for hours. And he said, Dr. Leica, can you come down and talk to me? I said, sure. He said, I said, when? He said, right now. I said, David, I can't. It's Thanksgiving in Canada. My wife's <laughs> invited 50 people over. He said, aren't there any planes in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to my wife, my hat in my hand and said, dear, I'm not going to be here for Thanksgiving. She said, why? I said, a doctor in Colorado Springs claims he can help me. And he said, come on down right now. She looked at me and she said, well, what are you waiting for? Get your bags together. I'll help you pack. I'll even drive you to the airport. Come on. You're wasting your time. That's a thought <laughs> there. That's so crucial, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I got on a plane from Edmonton to Deptford and it was beautiful. And then I got on a plane from Denver to Colorado Springs. It was a rinky dink puddle jumper. Have you ever been on a rinky-dink puddle jumper? No. no, not, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Good. Then don't do it because it is the world's worst flight. 
The flight from uh, Denver to Colorado Springs is 15 minutes long, but it's the end of the day and a plane hits turbulence and the plane will drop a hundred feet without warning. Ooh. And then it'll climb back up and drop another 200 feet. And then it'll climb back up and drop 300 feet. It's like so a you're roller like, coaster. You're like a roller coaster. You're like on a Ferris wheel. You're like the drop of doom at Disneyland over and over and over again. And, you know, when you get off, you're green. And I was green. But there was David on the tarmac to meet me. You see, back then, there weren't all the safety precautions brought in as a result of 9-11. So it was great. And he said, you don't look so good, Dr. Leica. I said, I don't feel so good. David said, this is probably a metaphor for everything you've been going through. And we, he took me to a coffee shop and we talked for hours. And there he said, Dr. Leica, I think a miracle has happened. I think history is repeating himself. And he started me on treatment. And that's why I was able people wanted to until 2019 when I walked away to help people in other ways. But you know, Matt, when you go through something like this, you start to wonder, how can I help people? Did I live? Did I love? Did I really matter? And I started to give back. And I started to sponsor events. And I sponsored an event called the Women of Distinction event by the YWCA. You see, women are not appreciated as much as they should be, even in this day and age. So I wanted to correct that. So I became the head host for that event. And uh, women would apply for awards. And a wonderful lady by the name of Harriet Tinka applied for an award called the Turning Points Award. Now, that award is giving to somebody who's changed their life around. And Harriet had a unique story. She was a head model, a leading model, walking the runways of New York and Milan and Paris. But she grew tired of that dog-eat-dog -dog industry, mm. and she gave it up. So she wanted to take up her second love, which was accounting. And she went to the University of Calgary in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And there she was befriended by a psychopath who ended up kidnapping her, stabbing her, and leaving her for dead. Oh, dear. Now, she ended up in the hospital. She doesn't know how she got there. She was being rehabbed, and she was really sad and really down on herself. Mm. And a little girl called Amber wheeled up in a wheelchair, and she was happy as a lark. She asked Harriet her story, and Harriet told her her story. And Amber immediately gave her heck. She said, you should be ashamed of yourself. She said, you should be using your story to empower others. Then Amber told her her story. She said, I was in a car accident. Both of my parents died and I lost use of my legs. But she said, I'm going to do something with my life. Why don't you? And that challenged Harriet. And Harriet decided to get this award. But she didn't want to win the award to win the award. She wanted to do it to meet me. And she wanted to meet me to take me for lunch so she can convince me to write a book with her. And that's how we wrote the book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, which became a bestseller in the pandemic of 2020. 
it became an international best-selling award-winning book. Wow. And it's been enjoyed by thousands, if not millions. Now, the amazing thing about this book is the pandemic was on. So I decided to also do a podcast because there were no speaking opportunities around the world. And then my podcast became a syndicated radio show, which is now enjoyed by 3 million people a month. That's a lot of people. And One I or may two. sound surprised by that, but that's, you know, that's a big audience, isn't it? Well, you know, I'm on the drive time of many uh, cities in the United States on the syndicated network. So people listen to it on their way to work and home for work. And so we have hundreds of thousands listening to every show and it's, it's become a mainstay and the audience keeps growing. And the secret to it is we teach people the secrets to the, uh, how to live a fantastic life. And everybody wants to know how to live a fantastic life. Of course. And of course, I'm going to ask, is there one? Is there a standout secret? Or is that to be saved for the book? Are you going to give us any hints or do we need to read it? You know, the secret to living a fantastic life is to realize it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And you need to take 100% responsibility for your life. And you are the one that has to make it happen. Now, that's the secret to living a fantastic life. Now, in my book, I also cover 14 golden pearls that Harriet and I found. Now, do you know what forms a pearl, Matt? Pressure. Not quite. It's a little grain of sand that gets inside the wall of an oyster, which irritates that oyster. Really? And then that oyster walls it off with a beautiful material called luster so it doesn't get damaged by it. Now, in the South Pacific, golden pearls actually exist. And a beautiful solitary golden pearl costs upwards of $14,000. Wow. So the pearls that Harriet and I found that are found in every one of us are even more valuable than that. And those pearls, all you have to do is look inside and find them. Those pearls are what you need to make your life fantastic. And those pearls you really need to concentrate on. Now, our pearls start with number one, which is love. And, you know, love is one of those amazing things, Matt, that you get more by giving. So the very more that you give of it, the very more you receive. Yes. And the last pearl in our book is empowerment, because everybody needs empowered and to be empowered in this day and age. And we even throw in another bold, we have 13 golden pearls, and we throw in a, a bonus pearl of how to overcome fear, because everybody has fear in their lives. And that is something that incapacitates them and prevents them from going on to the next level. I was reading, in fact, it might be here. I was reading a book by Melissa Ford, Living Service, it's called. I don't know if you've read that one yourself. 
And she deals with fear, and it was very interesting in the way that they dealt with it. And there was a team of, of three of them, all coaches, and they all had their own fears in terms of the coaches. Now, they didn't all have the same fear. So the one way they dealt with the fear, rather than avoiding it, was to get rid of it, was to remove the fear. And that was quite an interesting concept. Do you think we can do that? You know, we can, but sometimes fear acts as a great motivator. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's a good thing to have a healthy fear around us. You know, perhaps you're in a war zone like the Ukraine. If you don't have fear there, you might not be able to survive. Yeah. So, so having a healthy fear in the right situations is a good thing because it pushes you to greatness. And it pushes you into another level that you wouldn't be in a. See, being brave doesn't mean you don't have fear. You act in despite the fear that you have. Yes. That's a really good distinction to make, actually. Yeah. We often we often have I or or I feel at least that when somebody brave or somebody is depicted as brave, it's almost brave and fearless by default. But it isn't. You can be brave, absolutely, and still have fears, but it's how you deal with how you think about those fears or how you work through those fears or how you kind of find a way to get where you need to be despite the fears, I suppose. Absolutely. That, that is really important that people need that. Mm. So would you consider yourself as brave then? You know... I suspect I have been brave in many things in my life. I've faced my fears and I've overcome them. Um, you know, I've, I've looked at fears for many things. You know, being a cosmetic doctor and a cancer surgeon, I've had to deal with situations that were really, really hard. And I've had to deal with times when I felt that I was being incapacitated. But you know, I overcame them and I came to the realization that, you know, fear is something that we always have in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And that fear is something that will motivate us and help us in the right situations if we deal with it properly. I've got a question that's just going around my head and I want to ask it. Now, I said before that I didn't have any scripted questions, so it's just in my head right now. Is there any way that we can deal with or work with the fear of dying from your experience? Yes, you know. At one time, I was very afraid of dying, you know, when I was told that I had the diagnosis of ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. But I'm comfortable with dying now because every day in my life, I live it to its fullest. And so that if I die tomorrow, I will die with no regrets. I will die knowing I've done everything I can to do everything I wanted to without worrying about. Now, that doesn't stop me to make plans and do things. But you know, if they don't come about, I'm not going to be worried by it. I'm not going to be overcome by it. So I, I think the way to deal with things is to realize that 
every day you're given on this planet is something that's a bonus day. None of us is guaranteed tomorrow. None of us is guaranteed any of the things that's going on. So live it, do it, make sure you, you do it to the fullest and make sure you enjoy it along the way. Those are things that people need to do. Wow. You know, when every, I've heard similar sentiments, not quite as eloquent as that one, but no matter how many times I hear it, it's just so powerful. Because especially in today's world where everything's about external influences, technology is meant that we see everything from everybody else's point of view. We see what they want us to see. We've got all this external thing. And like you said, when you were talking about the internet, so the, the one thing that connected you to this other doctor that was able to change everything and change your timeline hugely, you know, is also the thing now that can stop us or that can try and put hurdles in the way of us enjoying every day. You know, the, inter crazy. the internet is one of the most amazing things, Matt. It connects me with you. And that is wonderful, which allows me to get to your audience and all those people out there that you're serving. But it's also one of the things that is like the world's best library. But in that library, there are garbage cans and you can't tell the garbage cans from the great resources that are there. So I encourage people to use the internet in a positive way. And I also encourage people to use social media in, in a positive way because it's a very hurtful, time-consuming resource if you don't use it properly. Yes. And I find too many people wasting their time on things and they should be using times appropriately. Like I think people should read more and turn off TVs more. I think people should use the brain that they've been given. And I encourage your listeners to read at least a book a month. I would get them to even read a book a week. Why? Because that's how you, you get ahead. You know, the, the you that you are a year from now is only going to be different by the people you meet the places you go to, and the new resources that you learn. That's the only thing that's going to determine the different you from there. So, you know, and, and I encourage people, if they're having problems, to get a coach. Because a coach will help them to get there faster than any other way. And I, I think many people overlook that opportunity. You know, when I started my business career way back in the 1990s, coaches helped me to get my cosmetic surgery better and faster to be one of the best in the world. And that's how I was able to lead the pack for over 20 years. You know, without those coaches, I would have never been there. And it's interesting, isn't it, when we talk about coaching, because we know coaches primarily in sporting. So if you want to get better at sport, or you want to get better physically, faster, stronger than a coach, you know, is that person to do that. But many people aren't aware. And, you know, thankfully with the internet, we are able to kind of make it more available. But 
that a coach for you, whether it be business or whether it be you in life or whether you're, you know, whether it's about confidence, whether it's about many things, the coach is exactly the same as in that sport. Their only interest is your success. You know, the reason, the, the only agenda they have for saying the things they do and researching the things they do is your success. And it's it's almost like having the best friend you could ever have, isn't it? Absolutely. I've only ever got time for you. Now, it, it's it's a friend that is a completely honest friend. It's a friend that tells you things that you sometimes don't want to hear, but it's for you to do better in that. And that's what people need to realize in that relationship. It's a very special relationship that pushes you along and kicks your butt when you need to be kicked. Yes, absolutely. So what does the, well, I just stopped myself there asking the question, but I was going to ask, what does the future hold for you now? I suspect there's going to be a comment there on, well, the future is today. And I may be wrong. (laughs) The answer is every day. I love doing the things I'm doing, but as I say, I keep making plans for tomorrow as well. And, you know, this fall, I plan to do some lectures at universities and around the globe. I also plan on uh, helping people in other ways. I, I, my, uh, my show now called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life Show is going to have a business component for businesses in the future. So we're developing that. Um, I also have been asked to do a television show. So we're working on the guidelines for that. Sirius Radio is looking at my my uh, radio show, so to be part of their network as well. So the answer is we're looking at very interesting things to even make this more for people. Uh, you know, in, in North America, we're looking at a way, you know, when you go to a gas station, there's a little video screen there. Mm-hmm. We're looking at ways to get people a positive miracle minute every day that would be broadcast on that so that we can even get a positive message out there as well. You see, I think we are lacking positive messages enough and we got to overcome a lot of those negative messages that we're having. So I'm looking at ways to get those positive messages out in places that people can get them. Which is exactly which landed us together here. So as I say, I'm trying to to look and explore and do things at a higher level for everyone. Perfect, and and expanding the reach of you know of your story and your knowledge and and the you know extremely extremely authentic you know view of, of everything that's happened to yourself, but just the way that you can use it to to power serving others. I think absolutely that's what I'm attempting to do now where we're developing things more I'm developing a YouTube channel I'm developing things so that we can get things out more and more and more so you know Rome wasn't built in a day no it's an exciting journey to see it being built and if every day is incredible then the output can only be incredible exactly that's (laughs) what I say that's what I say and I'm so glad I've had this opportunity I'm so glad that I had this opportunity to talk to you Matt I'm so glad that uh, the universe connected the dots so that we can get together 
Likewise, absolutely. I know we've, we've been planning this for a while now. Now, one question I want to ask you, which I do ask all of my guests, because I'm a massive superhero fan. This is the superhero finder, of course. If you were to have one superhero power or one superpower, what would it be and what would you use it for? You know, my superhero power would be to give the gift of making sure when people talk to me, they immediately got happy and had a fantastic day, you know, that their life would change as mm. a result of that interaction. I can almost see you in a suit. And then as soon as you start talking, this kind of positive energy force just comes out of you and just completely uplifts everyone. Exactly. That would be the gift that I would give people. Fantastic. I love that. It's a great sentiment. Lovely sentiment. And thank you very much for, for coming on today and speaking to me today. One, Just one last thing before we do wrap up, Alan. I wonder if you could just remind us one of that wonderful book um, that you wrote and, and possibly where to get it as well. And then sure. if anyone wants to find you or find anything else from you on social sure. media, sure. if there's anywhere they can go. The book is called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. The easiest place to get it is on Amazon.com uh, because it's there. Or you could reach out to my website, Dr. Alan Lyka, D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-Y-C-K-A.com. And if you would like to reach me and ask me a question, you know, and say, can you help me with something? Write my girl, Tammy, T-A-M-I, at Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A dot C-A. I read all those correspondence. And write it to me so that I can answer and I'll answer it on air so that people will get it and you'll also get a, a response as well. So, uh, you know, we always like to help those that have come in touch with us. And that's the easiest way you can do that. Perfect. No, thank you very much. And if I'll just make sure that we put some of those addresses and some of those contact details in the podcast description as well. So if you do, if you haven't had time to write them down, then don't worry, it will be in the description as well. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. Thank you again, Dr. Leica, for joining me today. Um, and if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about what I do, or maybe it's about the podcast and some of the past episodes, you can go to the address, which is just up there on video. It is www.imdoingitfor.me. And please don't forget to subscribe and tell other people about the podcast so we can continue to spread these messages. So from me and Dr. Leica. Everybody, stay super.